Welcome to the Business of Influence podcast. I'm your host, Karen White. If you're a creator or a community maker looking to expand your influence, increase revenue, profit, and productivity, you're in the right place. Join me every Tuesday to learn strategies to elevate your career as a professional influencer. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. Now let's get started. Welcome to the very first episode of the Business of Influence podcast. I have to say I'm feeling a little uncomfortable and quite outside my comfort zone as I'm recording this podcast. So I'm hoping I will settle into this rhythm nicely as I start to deliver some really important information to you about developing your career as a professional influencer. Now I'm recording this podcast in the midst of delivering a very significant campaign. This campaign took over seven weeks for us to negotiate and just review the brief and discuss and negotiate all the elements of that brief before we even got to content creation. And it reminded me that every campaign, regardless of how significant or how small, it all starts with understanding the brief. So it seems appropriate that for episode one, that we start in understanding the brief. So welcome to the episode. Today, I'm going to cover off around 14 or 15 points that you need to consider at this very first stage of engaging with a brand. Now, I know it's really exciting when something pops up in your DMs or your messages to say, hey, hey, we really love the work that you're creating, the content that you're creating, and we want to collaborate with you. But we do need to temper this excitement and really explore what it is that the brand wants to work with you to deliver. And 14 or 15 points that we're going to cover off in this episode might seem like a lot, but really as a brand scales up campaign work, there can be hundreds of negotiating points. So these 14 or 15 points are probably the most commonly dealt with matters that you'll need to consider when understanding your brief. Not to jump ahead, but in future episodes, we're going to talk about pricing your campaign and working through a step-by-step guide to that. But first of all, we really need to understand what it is you're pricing. And that is why we're talking about understanding your brief. So point number one, what content deliverables does the brand require? It seems pretty obvious to start there, but have they specified what content? So is it one TikTok post? Is it one Instagram post? Is it one Instagram post, one TikTok post, and four Instagram story sets. Point number two, are the content deliverables clearly defined? So the brand might have said one Instagram post, but they could be asking for an Instagram reel. And then they might expect that that Instagram reel is displayed as an in-feed post. They might want an Instagram carousel post with nine frames in it. They might require an Instagram story, but 
the story is required to have a minimum of five frames. Has it been specified whether the content is static, so photo, or video content? And continuing on this, has the duration been defined? So if you are producing video content, is it five seconds? Is it 15 seconds? Is it three minutes? What is the duration of any video content that is required to be created by you? Point number three, are you required to demonstrate a product or service in the content It seems pretty natural that for most brand collaborations, you are going to have to demonstrate or discuss some sort of product or service. It's usually a product. So if there's a product, is the brand supplying this to you free of charge? If so, do you need to return the product? If you do need to return the product, who covers the postage for the return of the goods? And what happens if the goods don't arrive at all or arrive damaged? How is this going to impact the campaign deliverables, the timing, for instance? Is there provision in there for the brand to have to resupply them at no charge once again? You don't want to be shortchanged or not be able to complete a campaign due to a third party not delivering the goods to you so you can create your content. So we need to cover that off. Point number four, Are you required to boost any content? Now, generally, if you're dealing with a brand that has an agency or in-house team, they'll be familiar with boosting content and they'll do this through the party platforms or perhaps a spark code or a collaborator post on Instagram. Occasionally, you'll be required to arrange the boosting of your content yourself. So you need to ensure that you are paid up front if you are to spend any money on advertising. Additionally, if boosting content, you need to know whether the brand will be supplying the audience information or whether you need to determine the audience information for that boosted content. Point number five, will the brand be publishing the content on their channel, so on their social media or digital channels? And will this be organic display of the content or paid distribution of the content on their channels? It's important to know if it's organic or paid because this will all feed into the next step of negotiating your fee. Point number six, will the brand be publishing the content on any third-party channels? And this kind of feeds into point number seven. Is there paid distribution of your content on third-party channels? Generally speaking, if it's going out on third-party channels, there is a paid component to it. So you need to consider where is that content that you're creating going to be distributed? Is it just in a local area? Is it statewide, nationwide, international? Often if it's social content and they're boosting it, it's going to go out to a fairly wide audience. So you need to understand how that content is going to be used. But there's other ways that the content can be distributed and shared. They might be using audiograms for radio or they might be taking a quote and using it in print or billboards They might look to use that content on their website, television, 
in-store point-of-sale material. There's lots of ways that a brand can use your content to create additional content for their purposes. So you really need to understand what's going to happen. This folds in really nicely to point number eight, ownership rights of your content. Is the brand asking for ownership rights of your content? If so, do you really understand what they're asking for and what rights you might be giving away? It's rare that I would allow a brand to have any ownership rights over content because generally the fee that's required to be paid for them to receive the ownership rights of your content is quite significant and the brand's not willing to part with that fee to gain those ownership rights. So often you can really negotiate out this term from any brief or contract that you've been presented with that's requesting for ownership rights. Point number nine, what is the term of the campaign? Is it clear when the campaign starts and when the campaign ends? Is it clear how long that the brand might be using the content for through their organic or pay distribution? Do you need to display the content on your own channels for a certain period of time? It's really important that you understand the term because first of all, and obviously, you can put that into your content plan or your content calendar and you know that you've got paid content going live during this time. But you also need to know when the the campaign's over and any rights that the brand might have or any obligations that you might have in relation to that content is clearly well and truly over. So make sure the term is clearly defined. Point number 10 Do any exclusivity provisions apply? Now, most of us are familiar with working with a brand exclusively or non-exclusively. But just to touch on it, if you've got exclusivity with a brand, it means that you can't work with one of their competitors. Now, this is great if the brand is willing to pay for that exclusivity. But if you sign away exclusivity and prevent yourself from working with another brand in that same vertical. So for instance, if you're working with a makeup brand and they want exclusivity with you for three months, it means that you can't work with another makeup brand for three months and often a period after that term as well. So you need to be really well paid to sign away exclusivity. Point number 11, are the campaign messages clear? Do you understand when creating the content, what messaging you need to deliver on behalf of the brand? Have they set out any specific calls to action, any messages that they particularly want you to say? For example, wow, look at this handbag. I absolutely love the design and the style. And did you know it was made from vegan leather? Or it might be, hey, use this discount code for 15% off. You need to understand what messaging that you need to deliver when creating this content and be really clear on any hashtags, at tags, URLs and swipe ups that need to be included when creating your content. Point number 12. Are you creating content for a brand that's in a regulated industry? For example, alcohol, 
gambling, health, government, pharmaceutical brands. Regulated industries have a very high level of legal and compliance. So this means that if you're working with a brand in this space, first of all, it usually means they've got good budget. So yay for that. But secondly, it often means that you might need to allow for a number of revisions. So the brand to come back and say, hey, we need you to tweak this content, this caption here or this wording there. And that can be frustrating as a creator, particularly if you have to go back and re-record video content or re-edit video content, because that can be quite time consuming. And to the point of time consuming, content approval in regulated industry can be frustratingly slow. You really need to understand and factor in that the approval process when working in regulated industries can be very, very slow. It could take weeks to have your content approved and go live. So to point number 13, continuing on the theme of content pre-approval, some brands just will absolutely trust you and love your work and say, hey, we know that you can just go out and make our thing shine. Go ahead create the content, post, and they may even give you discretion as to when you post the content. However, many brands will require content pre-approval. And this means that you need to create all the content, submit it to them for pre-approval, and they might potentially ask for revisions in that content. So when you're looking at your brief, consider is the brand requesting for you to submit your draft content for approval and consider how many revisions you'll provide to them that are consistent with the fee that you negotiate. Now, sometimes you can negotiate that content pre-approval and just say, look, I will create the content in line with the content that you see on my TikTok channel here, on my Instagram feed there. But Try and negotiate it out if you can, but if you can't, you need to factor in the content pre-approval process to your fee. Point number 14, you need to consider the objective of the campaign. Now, you might be thinking, hang on, what do you mean? What I mean is that brands, particularly brands at agency level, will have a clear objective and outcome they're hoping to achieve in working with you. And that might be a brand awareness campaign. So something new, a new product's coming into market and they want people to be aware of it. Okay, so you're educating your audience on this fantastic brand. But they might also be wanting sales results from you in this campaign. Sales campaigns are the most tricky to price because, you know, the brand is setting a very high expectation around specific outcomes that they're wanting to achieve. And you need to understand or separate your remuneration from any sales results. They might want X number of signups, so sending your audience over to a link and that they are getting X number of EDM subscribers or some sort of download ebook or download X. So they might want a conversion tactic in place. They might simply want traffic, traffic to a URL or another destination. They might want follower growth. 
So it's really important to consider what is the objective of the campaign and is your remuneration for your time and effort and expertise as a creator sufficiently being paid and separate to any remuneration that you might get from sales results. And finally, to point number 15, at the end of the campaign, will you be expected to provide any reporting on the success of the campaign? So is there an expectation from the brand that you're going to provide screenshots to your analytics or even further a report on the outcome of the campaign. Now, often brands will use the platforms or third-party tools and analytics to have insights to the campaign success, but also some brands will want to have screenshots provided by you to the results you've achieved from your campaign. And once again, this is a time consideration. By the time you take all those screenshots, you share them across to the brand, potentially have to write a report. This is something you need to factor in when reviewing the brief. So there we have it. We've covered off 15 points that you might need to consider when reviewing a brief from a brand. You're not going to need to consider those every time because every single brief you receive will be different. I've had thousands of briefs come across my desk. Some of them never get past the initial review stage, but many, many hundreds, probably thousands have been negotiated through to campaigns. So you need to be aware of each of these things and work through your brief methodically because that's going to set you up really, really well for the next step and that's pricing your campaign. And that's what we're going to cover off in our very next episode. So I do hope today has been helpful for you and that you'll join me for the next episode in pricing your campaign. Stay creative. <laughs>